Alright, how about that intro? A little power serve 3D tennis soundtrack for you right there. A 1995 game from PlayStation. So, a little bit of fun here. I am the Streak Master. Welcome to the Daily Show. The big news, obviously, Friday, July 11th here. LeBron James comes out and says he's going back to Cleveland. The funny thing about it was, back in 2010, he used ESPN's The Decision to announce him moving down to Miami. Now in 2014, he uses Sports Illustrated, sends a letter, he's returning to Cleveland. So look at, look at the process here. LeBron, he left Cleveland. They became terrible. Then they got five top five draft picks in the last four years. That includes three number ones. And now LeBron is returning to the Cleveland Cavs while all of those guys are still under rookie contracts. Granted, they're probably not all going to stay for obvious reasons. I mean, we all know the Anthony Bennett experience. We know Deion Waiters' problems with the team. Him and Irving not really getting along. And then later in the day on Friday, Kevin Love, that news starts to come out. Possibly him going to the Cavs. He says he says that's that'd be intriguing. Okay, obviously that's intriguing. If Kevin Love goes to the Cavs, they'll probably be dominant in the East. So. Of course, that's intriguing. And from what I saw, what the deal would look like, a tentative deal, would be Deion Waiters, Anthony Bennett, and a first-round draft pick for Kevin Love. I, you know, I think that's a pretty solid deal right there for the Cavs. I mean, you're getting rid of a couple guys that aren't probably not going to give too much this year. And a future first-round pick, okay. So, I mean... No, this is all tentative, of course, but looking at the lineup, if Kevin Love came over, we'd be looking at Kyrie Irving, probably Andrew Wiggins in the two. We got LeBron and Kevin Love and Verjao likely at the four and five. How many teams in the East are going to beat that? I don't know. Not many, to say the least. But right now, I'm not a huge guy that talks... 20 hours on speculation and all this stuff. Alright, LeBron's to Cleveland. There's still a lot more that's going to be done in the NBA free agency. So, what good is speculating here over the next three months until something, until we have these rosters confirmed, okay? So, I'm not going to get too much into it. But other news, looking like Chris Bosh is going to the Rockets. Melo, his options are down to the Bulls and Knicks mostly the Knicks right now, but if he does go to the Bulls, uh, you got to think that Bulls-Cavs matchup is going to be a fun one to watch. Elsewhere, Lakers get Jeremy Lin. Not sure that does a whole lot, but they don't really lose anything, so a positive there for the Lakers. Um, that's about it for the NBA talk. Not really much to say there. Like I said, we still got a ways to go before the season starts talk a little bit about a little some fancy NFL here we're getting down here 
beginning of July. I'm actually in a, a slow draft right now. Crazy as it seems, a draft in July seems really early, but it's a really large league. There's 240 people in it. Anyways, I'm doing that. So, what I've noticed doing mock drafts and doing this draft, you have a top five in the fantasy NFL. Or maybe you got top five, so that's top six. Uh, and let me rephrase that. You got a top four, and then there's a lot of debate after that. You got you got Jamal Charles, you got LaShawn McCoy, you got Adrian Peterson, you got Matt Forte. In most leagues, unless we're talking, you know, two quarterbacks or anything, even PPR, these guys will still be going top four. It's hard to see these four guys. It's hard to see anyone taking someone over these four guys in a league. I... Unless, again, you're two-quarterback league, but, again, I still wouldn't do that, actually. So, after those four guys, it's going to be Marshawn Lynch, Eddie Lacy, Kelvin Johnson, Jimmy Graham. It's going to be between them. And the consensus right now at FantasyPros.com, they compile lists of a bunch of experts everywhere. And... Their number five is Eddie Lacy, surprisingly. Would I take Eddie Lacy with my number five pick? I don't know if I would. Would I take Marshawn Lynch with my number five pick? I don't know if I would. I I wouldn't take... It's hard to say. If I'm put on the spot for the number five pick, right now I, I, I honestly don't know who I'd go with. Kelvin Johnson. Okay. Alright, I, I think I'd probably go Calvin Johnson now. Now that I'm thinking about it a little more, you know what you're going to get from him. Stafford, I think I just read today, Stafford has the number 5 or number 6 best odds to win the MVP this year, which just seems ridiculous to me. But with Stafford, he has so many options, but that also means opposing defenses can't triple team Kelvin Johnson. The Lions have three viable tight ends. They picked up Golden Tate. They got Reggie Bush. They got Joyke Bell. They got so many options that it's it's going to be really hard for defenses. Remember last year, Kelvin Johnson still put up great numbers, but Nate Burleson missed a good portion of the year because of, you know, he's going to grab some pizza in his car and he broke his arm so you got Golden Tate in that spot now I think Kelvin's the safest choice maybe the maybe the other guys are gonna steal targets but I don't think they're gonna steal targets from Kelvin in the end zone our defense is actually gonna play against the Lions is, is a big question so I'm, I'm gonna say Kelvin Johnson's my number five pick Eddie Lacy, I think he's too high up on the rankings. I know Aaron Rodgers is back. They can't focus solely on the run like they were later in the season against the Packers, but it's it's tough. Um, Lynch, he's getting up there. He's had a lot of carries. He's getting older. Uh, between Lacy, Lynch, Graham, I actually might even step down and go Demarius Thomas, depending on the scoring in the league. So... Um, as we get further along, we get a little closer, I'll talk about a few more, a little bit more about fantasy 
football and whatnot, but that was just a little preview, um, a little tidbit for the upcoming season. Again, if you have any questions, find the Streakmaster at Bullish Sports One on Twitter. Give your questions. I'll answer them freely on this show, which is a weekly show, so get ready for it. But this is an opening show, so work with me here. I'm just throwing a bunch of different topics in here without any any real set plan here. So, But the one thing, of course, that we have to talk about, uh, the World Cup. We got the third place game on Saturday. That's the game I'm going to talk about because I'm going to do another show for the World Cup final. But the third place game, the odds are kind of surprising, actually. We have Brazil. First off, Brazil is minus 153 to win third place. Did anyone, did these guys see Brazil play in the last game? I don't know. Uh, these these eyes are at five dimes. Okay, Neymar is out. We know this. The addition of Thiago Silva is obviously going to be huge. The interesting thing, though, when going in the third place game, how are these teams going to be playing, actually? Are all their starters going to be in, or are some of the younger guys going to be in? I really doubt Robin Van Persie is going to play. I mean, he wasn't 100% last game. I think guys like Iron Robin are going to play. Wesley Snyder, those guys will play. But Robin Van Persie, uh, not so much. He's probably this game isn't going to do much for him. But I think the odds are too lopsided here. I, there's no reason Brazil should be favored by that much. The value right here is on the Dutch. Again, they still don't have Neymar. It's not like their offense was great last game. They scored one goal, but, I mean, the game was over at that point. I'm just not sure. You got Fred. You got Oscar. You got a lot of question marks of guys that haven't really shown much in the World Cup. You have a solid Netherlands defense. Granted, who's going to play? Is Nigel? Is De Jong going to play? Well, that's that's another iffy one right there. But even the rest of the back four, though, they've been solid for Netherlands. Brazil, too big of favorites. I think there's going to be goals, though. I'll, I'll say that. In all the third-place games, there usually is a large amount of goals. So how are we going to look at this game? Are we thinking 2-1, 2-2, 2-3? It definitely can be up there. I believe the 2010 World Cup, uh, third place game, I think that finished 2-3. Brazil's defense, it's a wonder who's going to be playing in this one. We've seen Danny Elvis. It didn't play in the last two games. I assume he'll be back because uh, Mike Cohn didn't show much in the last one, but uh, Thiago Silva will be there. Maybe David Luiz. Um... I think Arjen Robbins going to be a problem straight off the bat. Obviously, if Van Persie doesn't play, that's going to change everything up. So, if you like to wait and see at the line, if you like to wait and look at the lineups, then 
and make your bet, that'll help a little bit. But my gut reactions after the first two games, many gut reactions actually, um, I, I'm still favoring Netherlands in this game. I know I said maybe some of those guys aren't going to play. Maybe the big names aren't going to play. But it's not they're not going to give up. They're still this is still the World Cup. They're not going to not try or anything. All right. Arjen Robin is probably the best player in this game. Brazil has some great players. Sure, but Neymar, he's not playing. Robin's going to be a problem, especially with the left and right backs of Brazil, with the way they like to get up the field. He's definitely going to be a problem right there. His speed is already a problem. I'm going to go with a 2-1 Netherlands win. I think it's going to be a free-flowing game. I wouldn't be surprised with the 3-2 scoreline either. And at this point, I don't think either one of these teams wants to play extra time. So I think we're going to have a winner here in 90 minutes. I give the advantage to the Netherlands. Like I said, their defense has been solid. They've been superb. Brazil's defense, okay, excluding the last game without Thiago Silva, they'll play a lot differently in this game, okay? That's, that's fine. But... It's going to be up and down, and I think there's going to be opportunities. And without Neymar, that's going to hurt Brazil a lot, especially in a game like this. So that's why you got to give the advantage to someone like Robin, Snyder, and, I mean, whoever starts up front for Netherlands. If Van Persie starts up front, uh, definitely I would go pretty heavily there with, with Netherlands for the win. But... Like I said, it's hard to predict these third place games, so I'm not. There's not much to analyze here before seeing the lineups, because who knows what these coaches are gonna do. I mean, we could see Tim Kroll in goal. Nah, we won't. <laughs> Actually, who knows? Silicon. What we do know, if it goes to PKs, Silicon will not be there. I mean, Louis Van Hal. He'll be prepared to sub out Sillison because Sillison, uh, yeah, there's not much to say about it. He's not a good goalie against penalty kicks, which is unfortunate. It's something he's going to have to work on. That's it. A nice little Friday show. This is the Streak Master, and I'm leaving you with a little more from Power Surf 3D Tennis. Enjoy.